Well, good morning, folks. Praying that you and your family are all well. I've had a great week. Um, starting of another week, actually. August 2020. Here we are. And uh, I just pray that you are safe and your family are, uh, you and your family are doing well. Uh, you kind of know the routine by now. Each week, if you're staying at home and watching this on uh, video, uh, then you know the routine. We come, we'll make a little announcement, tell you that I love you, and do, and still will, and always have. Uh, and then we uh, break for a little bit. We have a song. We come back. We do communion together. And then later on, I give you a message. And today, I'm going to talk to you about this, uh, the feelings, actually, the focus and the feelings that we have in life. And I think those are important. And so I'll be back in a few minutes to talk to you about that And uh, right after we do communion, okay? And so here's a song for you, and hope you enjoy today. God bless. All right, and we're going to do our communion today. I want to um, read from Matthew chapter 26 this morning, if you will. It starts with verse number 26, or that's the verse I want to read for you. While they were eating, Jesus took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And when I thought about the, that today, when I was looking over this scripture, there's a couple of things I want to mention. We call this a communion time. We call this a time of uh, actually the Lord's Supper. 
The actual meaning is a thanksgiving. It's a celebration that we come to do together. But it also is a time for us to remember that we are forgiven, but we need continual forgiveness. And the great news is, is that that's precisely what happened at the cross. It not only forgives us of our sin when we accept Christ, because it's already been paid for through his blood, but it actually, each time we go back to God and we ask for forgiveness, we're also cleansed, and we need to make sure that we're doing that on a, a daily basis. And that keeps us pure and it keeps us clean. So, but the disciples during this time of this scripture in Matthew, the disciples set the stage for it. They set the meal together in this time. They prepared the meal. And they gathered and they prepared the food and the table and all the things there. As we also take communion today, that's what we're doing. Is we're, we're gathered together, if you will. And we remember what Christ did for us. So every time we take the bread and we take the cup, every time we do that, let us remember that we are sinners, but we are saved by the grace of God and what Jesus did for us on the cross. This is so important for us. This is why you and I can celebrate. This is why this is a celebration. This is why this is a time of thanksgiving is because we know the body that was given, Christ Jesus, saves us, not because of all the good that we've done, but because we accepted what Jesus did on the cross for us. So let's not forget that as we go through our communion today. So as we take this bread, let us pray. Father, yes, we have sinned, and we're asking that you would cleanse us of that sin. And we know that, Father, as we take this bread this morning together as a family, we're not perfect, but you are, and that you did on the cross for us so that we could come to you and ask for forgiveness and knowing that we are forgiven. So we take this bread today and we believe with our hearts that what Jesus did on the cross for us pays for our sin. Without him we'd be lost, but because of him we are saved. And we give you thanks in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Now as we take the cup, let us remember that the blood was shed for us. Let's continue our prayer. Father, as we do continue, I'm mindful of perhaps the time that you took this cup and you gave it to your disciples. And you talked about the blood, and it's given for the forgiveness of our sins. I'm not sure they could gather all that in their mind at that time. But Father, I'm not sure I can gather it all either. I just accept it for what you did on the cross for me. Your blood shed saved me, and I thank you, Father. Thank you for loving us that much. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, that concludes our communion time together. Again, um, it is important for us to continue to remember that throughout the week as well, is that we are forgiven. We are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Never forget, my friend, how blessed you really are and how much you are loved. Talk to you soon.
Okay, good morning. We made it back, didn't we? All right. <laughs> good to be with you today. I, again, I want to talk to you about this focus and feelings because they're really important in our lives. But before we get started, I want to tell you a little little uh, funny one. I, I kind of like this one of my favorites. You know, we all get a little older, so we're all headed in that direction. So you can't stop it. But here goes. It's a few elderly people were sitting around the table together. One said, man, my arthritis is so bad, I can't even hardly pick up my coffee cup. Another one said, well, I can barely see your coffee cup. To which the next one said, what did you say? And finally another one said, man, my neck is so stiff, I can barely turn it to the right or to the left. Another one said, I'm not sure even who I am half of the time. And finally one sweet little old lady said this. She said, now, now, she said, Let's all be thankful for all the blessings that we have. At least we can all still drive. <laughs> I love that. So drive safe if you're out there, okay? Please do that. You know, Thomas was one of these guys based his faith on his feeling. We know the story of Thomas, doubting Thomas. We give him the label that. He said that he would not believe that Jesus had uh, been resurrected if, unless he saw the nail-scarred hands. And of course, we know that he did. But too many people today to try to get acquainted with God through their feelings only. When you try to get acquainted with God through your feelings only, there's a lot of things that happen in your life, and I hope this isn't the case for you. But you see, through feelings only, then, you know, if I've been a good boy, if I've done something good today, or if my feeling is good about God today, then God hears my prayers but boy, if I'm not feeling so good, or I may have said something, or I didn't, boy, I'm not feeling, oh, I don't know if God hears my prayers or not. So it's that feeling process that a person might go through. But you see, in all of this, their, their faith has, is based on their feelings, while it should be based on the Word of God. And God says that He listens to His children. Even in our time of stress, even in our time of hurt, and even in our time of, yes, when we sin, we cry out to God. He hears us. So it's not based on just the feeling, but feelings are important. I don't want you to misunderstand where I'm going with all of this. But this is where a lot of people are right now in the world, in their life. They're scared to death. Perhaps that's you, I don't know. They're scared to make a decision in any direction, to move in any direction. 
power of God has told us to keep our eyes focused on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. For if we do that, then we can believe that he will help us to and through that next step that we take with confidence. Now Thomas saw that it was Christ and he believed, but Jesus told him, and I think this is important, he told him in verse number 29, he said um, of John chapter 20, he said, it's good that you believe, but it, it is great that those will believe that have never seen me. That's me and you. We haven't seen him, but we believe that. And that's a good thing. So as we get started here, I'm trying to think of a story that will connect these points. And the one I come back to is found in 1 Samuel chapter 17. You remember the story, of course. It's a story there in 1 Samuel 17. It's based on it. Read the whole thing for you this week. It'd be great for you to do so. But in there you have the Israelite army and the Philistine army. And basically they are pretty well matched, if you will, except for one big problem. Now, the one big problem, as we know, was a guy by the name of Goliath. Wait a minute, just a minute. Goliath, right? Some nine-foot giant there, his name was Goliath. Now, however we know, as we believe in Scripture and we believe in God, Goliath was not the problem. Goliath wasn't their problem. Goliath, Goliath was just their focus. So I want to tell you as we get started here, if your focus is on the negative things, you can hope for positive outcomes, but it will always drive you to the negative side of things because that's your focus, and what you focus on drives your feelings. It just works that way. Focus decides your feelings, whether you like it or not. And feelings guide your actions, and actions will give you the results, good or bad, in your life. Well, the feeling of today with our world and the mess that it's in and the junk that we are going through can be overwhelming, and it might be for you, and I don't know where you're at in all of that. It can cause you to focus, however, on just the negative side of things. Again, once again, and I've been saying this week after week after week after week because it hasn't changed. If you watch enough news, it can drive you to a negative side. And when it drives you to that negative side, as I said last week, it will drive you right into the hands of Satan's plan, which is to divide us. Because your focus will always be on the negative of things and not on what God has planned for your life. So I want to give you something that you can take with you, something that you can do to overcome some of that, if you will, in your life. So I'm going to give you three things that will change your focus. If your focus is always negative and always on that, listen, I want to give you three things that will help change your focus, which will change your feelings, which will drive your actions, which will bring you to the result that God wants for your life. That's why you're tuning in, isn't it? You don't want to hear bad news, do you? This group is yelling at this group. This group is doing that. This place is that. This is the one. You already hear that. You want to hear good news. Well, here's the good news. Three things that can help you change your focus and drive you into the action that God wants you to have with right feelings connected to it. Number one, first and foremost, you need to know that God is on your side. God is on our side, period. He is. In Psalms 118, the scripture says, The Lord is for me, so I will have no fear. Did you know the Lord is for you and you should have no fear? If you are a child of God, you should not walk in fear. 
You should get up every morning and say, no matter what I hear today, no matter what I see on TV today, no matter what I'm told or no matter what I read in the papers today, I'm going to not fear because the Lord is with me. The Lord's on your side. But when I say that, there's a, there's a struggle there. And I want to make sure this is really, really, really... Uh, it's important for me to get it across to you. Let's say it that way. Do not misunderstand what I'm saying when I say that. Because many Christians are misunderstanding that God's on my side. Watch. Some think it this way. They think, I'm right. I'm right in my thinking. I'm right in my thinking of how the world should be. I'm right. I'm right in the way I think the world should be, how the world should act, how the world should talk, how the world... And so therefore, God is on my side of my thinking. I love God, He loves me, so therefore He's on my side. Listen, that, my friend, is a twisted way of thinking. For God doesn't join your thinking process and adhere to your thinking or my thinking. We are to line up our thinking with His. And some people don't like that because it don't line up with what they're thinking. Let me give you an example. And this is true. And it's true within the body of Christ. Some don't want to hear it. Talk about something else. But here's the example of that. Some believe that they can take life and discard it as though it's just trash. It's mine. I can just throw it away if I want to. God's on my side. Others say it like this. They think that they can have and live sexually moral lifestyles and believe that God is perfectly fine with that. It's me. I can do what I want. God loves me. I love God. Therefore, God's on my side. Listen closely to what I'm going to say. God is on our side when we are in line with the teaching of His Word. Not our thinking, not my thinking, not yours. But when we are line, lined up with God's teaching, we can know that God is on our side. How do we know that? Well, in Proverbs 14, the Scripture simply says, There is a way that seems right to man, my thinking. I think this is right, so therefore God's on my side because God loves me. But the word goes on to say, but it ends in death. So the way I think doesn't mean that God's lined up with me. i got to think like God so I can get lined up with Him. Now, in Leviticus chapter 26, another homework assignment for you this week. Just read the whole thing of all the blessings and all the curses. But here we go, Leviticus 26. Listen to what the Word says. See if it doesn't connect with something today. Watch. The Lord says, If you follow my decree and carefully obey my commands, I will send you rain, blessing, in the seasons, in its seasons. The ground will yield its crops, blessing. The trees their fruit, blessing. Your threshing will continue until grape harvest, and grape harvest will continue to planting, blessing. And you will eat all the food you want, blessing. And live in safety in your land. Blessing. Verse number 9 goes on to say, I will look on you with favor. Blessing. And make you fruitful. Blessing. And increase your numbers. Blessing. And I will keep my covenant with you. Blessing. At least ten blessings in those three or four verses that we just read. If you line up with me. In other words, what is God saying? Here is my word, here's my word, line up with it, and I'm on your side. Blessing.
That's good news, isn't it? But drop down just a few short verses, five verses later, he goes on to say, But if you will not listen to me and carry out all these commands, and if you reject my decrees and arbor my laws, abhor my laws, I should say, and fail to carry out all the commands, and so violate my covenant, watch, then I will do this to you. I will bring on you sudden terror, wasting diseases, and fever, and they will destroy your sight and sap your strength. In other words, God is saying, do your own thing, and disaster is on its way. You see it? In Psalms 119, David comes back and he says these words. He says, I will walk about in freedom. That's what you want. That's what we want. That's what America's all about, is the freedoms that we have in this great country in which we fought for and bled for. There's no doubt. We all want freedoms. But notice this. He says, I will walk about in freedom. How? For I have sought out your precepts, your word. You see, when you seek out God's word, then you can walk in freedom. And David knew God's word led to real freedom. And when you know that, I know that, we line up with God. And when we line up with God, our focus is correct. Then our feelings are right. And then we get the blessings that God says he promises to us. Can I have an amen? That's good news. David also knew, that, or I should say, David was not ashamed to tell others about God. Not at all. You think about the Philistine army and the, the Israelite army. The Israelite army is all God's people now. They're ready to go to battle, but they're not going to battle because of this great giant. But if you'd ask anybody in that camp of the Israelite army, Hey, do you believe in God? They would all say, well, of course we do. We're His chosen people. The problem was they were unwilling to tell anybody else about that, who their God was. Christians are commanded, actually, to tell people who our God is. Why does He call us to tell people of the world about who He is? Why has he told us not to be silent about who he is to the world? Why do you think he's told us to go into all the world and teach the gospel, the good news, that Jesus came, lived, died for you and for me, died for our sins so that we might be saved? Why do you think he did that? It's so that when we are blessed and victorious, the world can see why. See, the world needs to see us differently. Do they is the question. God is with us, not because we are right or my way of thinking or your way of thinking. No, God is with us because we are found in Jesus Christ. We are followers of his son, Jesus. Give me an amen. All right. So David gave honor before and after, if you know the story of David. He was the hero, but God was still God. You see, God can let you be the hero in a game. Listen, I've hit a ball out of the park. To win the game. I've scored the winning touchdown. I've shot the last basket and made it and we win. And man, I was the hero. Put it in the paper. Take the snapshot. Hold up the trophy. But at the end of the day, i got to always remember, God is still God. He may let me win a game, but He's still God. He's still on His throne. So number one, following God. Write it down. Following God. Or follow God and you will know that God is on your side. 
If you're following His Son, you can bet that God is on your side. Secondly, be willing. Be willing to do something even when others aren't. This is so important in our life. Coaches teach this to their players all. You've got to be willing to go that little extra mile. You've got to get here early. When we say do 100 push-ups, you've got to do 125. When, when, when we're going to shoot 50 free throws, you're going to be here early. You're going to shoot 100 free throws a day. And on and on the list goes. It's that little extra work. It's that little extra credit in our classrooms or whatever the case is. But willing to do something even when others aren't. Now keep in mind here, though, that something you do must line up again with God's will, not man-made ideas. See, you can walk out of those doors, you can walk outside of your doors at the house, and someone can give you an idea or a cause to get behind. But that does not mean it lines up with God's teaching. Don't be fooled. In other words, don't be fooled. First Samuel chapter 17, David said to Saul, when no one else would go, he was just, hey, here's my daughter's hand in marriage. Here's a bunch of money. If anybody will go up there and fight that giant. And David looked at Saul and just simply said, no one, not, no one lose heart. For I will go and fight. I will go and fight him. No one else will go. I will go. You know the story, don't you? And fight he did. Really, it wasn't much of a fight. It was over. You remember it, don't you? He made a big impression on Goliath that day. Oh yeah, whacked his head off. But as soon as that happened, do you know what all the other Philistine army, the rest of the army did? They ran. The scripture says there in verse number 51 that they ran away. And then the, the Israelite army says, oh, we can do it now. And they all ran. But what happened there? Why did they leave? It's because they lost their focus. Their focus changed. Their focus changed. Their focus was on their giant. We can't lose. But now their focus was on the dude. Look at the size of that rock in his forehead. <laughs> we can't win. We're out of here. Their focus changed their feelings, which changed their actions. It's the same thing in your life. Your focus will get your feelings going one way or the other, good or bad. Remember, so this is important for you to understand today. If you're not willing to go, change cannot take place in your life. For instance, if you're watching this by chance and you just flipping around and but oh, he was this little short guy here. Let's listen to him for a minute. Well, listen to me. If you are not willing to step out in faith toward God, you cannot receive salvation. You see? Are you willing to step out today? Are you willing just to really say, you know, maybe everybody else may not go. Maybe everybody else today may not give their life to Christ, but man, I'm going to. I'm going to be the one to step out to do that. David was willing to go. No one else was. Are you willing to go? God has told us to go into the world and teach the world once again. It's important for us to do so. If we don't go, nothing changes in our world. The world just sim simply continues to teach the world what it is that they are supposed to feel, what they're supposed to know. If we go, there is a possibility that someone changes their destiny from hell to heaven. Hallelujah. Will you go is the answer. Write this down as well. Unwillingness plus desire. You know, all teachers should put this, or coaches, you know, write this down. Unwillingness plus desire equals what? Dreams that do not come true. That's a freebie. It doesn't cost you anything. 
Unwillingness plus desire, okay, dreams equals dreams that do not come true. Because if you're not willing to go, if you're not willing to do something, you're not willing to make this effort to make this happen, it doesn't matter. But watch this. Willingness. I'm ready. Here am I, Lord, send me. Willingness plus desire equals victory. You win the battle there. Number two, be willing to do something even when others aren't. And number three, this is a shorter one, but we'll get to it. Trust. Trust what? Trust your focus, not your feelings. Again, this is where people get twisted. They trust their feelings over what is real. When you trust something, it needs to be found to be true. So trust your focus, not your feelings. But you have to make sure your focus is on the right thing or your feelings will drive you in the wrong direction. This is why Hebrews 12, too, is important. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author, the perfecter of your faith. Yes. Feelings are important. I know that. You know that. And I, for one, I just want to insert something here. I, for one, feel that we, for too long, even within our assemblies, we've pushed our feelings almost to the side. Shh, quiet, quiet. Or, that's out of order. This is out of order. That's the, can't do that, can't do this. And all of that causes the world to be confused. We tell the world that we have this Savior. We tell the world how awesome our God is, but then we are afraid oftentimes to even show or express our joy in what we have in God. And it happens, friend. You know that it does. That's what a lot of our young people, and there's, a, there's studies that are done from high school to about 30, 28 or so. There's this great study that's done in that area, and man, it's just like, where are they at? Where are they at? Where are they at? And there's a lot of factors in that. You can read a lot of things, and you can study a lot of things, but one of the factors is, is there's, there's, no, there's no passion. They don't feel passion. And that's amazing. They see no passion for what we say we are convicted by. Feelings are important, my friend. But feelings without the right focus will lead one to a disaster. So one can get one pumped up, get their feelings riled up, and you can stand out and you can picket or riot or do anything. And the next moment you're like, what did I do? Feelings can lead you in the wrong direction as well. Many young people go through this as well in their life. How many people have you heard? I know I've heard many, many people say, I thought he was in love with me. He told me he loved me. Feelings get twisted. Feelings will get you in trouble if not directed in the right focus, with the right focus. Here's one for you. A preacher was once told by a rather difficult church member, he said, you rubbed him the wrong way. The preacher came back and simply said, Oh, I'm rubbing in the right way. You're just standing in the wrong direction. And that's right. God's Word is true. If we focus on Jesus Christ, the author and the perfecter of our faith, then we will be directed in the right way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. And so if He's the way, we want to be able to follow that. And the way that happens is to focus on Jesus. Then we get the right feelings. And those right feelings cause us to take the right actions, which is to continue to follow Jesus. See how it works? I hope that you do.
So here's the closure. Do you know for sure that God is on your side? Good question. Do you know for sure that God is on your side? You can know for sure that He is on your side if you're following His Son. If you're following the world, He's not on your side. Sorry. You can think that He is, but He's not. Secondly, are you willing to stand up and do what God is calling you to do? No, it's not going to be easy. No one said it would be. Not in this world. However, God will give you the strength and the courage to stand when everyone else says you better not stand. And finally, are you allowing your feelings to drive you or are you determined to keep your focus on Jesus because knowing that He is the author and the perfecter of your faith He's the one that's going to get you home in the end. I pray that's the case. Let's pray together. Father God, thank You for this Word again today. Your Word, found in Your Word. Thank You so much. Thank You so much for allowing us to know that if we keep our eyes focused on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, that we will be led in the right direction. Our feelings will be right. We will know that You are on our side. And you will give us the strength to stand even the one the world says to not stand. Father, we stand on the truth of your word that you love us, that your son came and he died for us, and that if we put our faith, hope, and trust in him, that you will lead us, guide us along this journey together. Father, I ask that you'll be with this audience today, that you'll give them the peace that passes all the understanding in the world. Help all of us, Father, to look to you closer each day and to the world less and less each day. We live in the world. It's going around us. Things are going on. But I'm asking, Father, that we'll look deeper into your word because when we look at your word and when we're found in you, Jesus Christ, we can know for sure that you are on our side. And so then we can lay our heads on our beds at night, our pillows, and we can sleep and rest well knowing that you're in control and the world is not. Forgive us of our sins. Please heal our land. Protect us from the enemy. In Jesus' holy name, amen and amen. God bless you, my friend. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. There's a stirring deep within me. Could it be my time has come when I see my gracious Savior Face to face when all is done Is that His voice I am hearing Come away my precious one Is He calling me? Is He calling me? Is that his voice I am hearing? 
Come away, my precious one. Is he calling me?